Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. There are only a handful of things that are certain in this life, and one of them is that we each get 24 hours in the day. Some days, that feels like plenty, and we're ready for them to end sooner. On the other hand, many days, that doesn't seem like enough time. It's been estimated that around 82% of adults don't manage their time successfully. One of the main reasons for that? Unclear expectations. When we feel unsure of what to do, we're unsure of how to spend our time. That can be said for our spiritual journey as well. If we're not sure what God expects from us, then we can spend an unhealthy amount of time unsure of what to do for Him. Thankfully, the Bible provides great clarity on the matter, and we're exploring that in our current series, The Bottom Line. Let's continue the Upward Journey. Upward family, so good to see you at 9 a.m. this morning. Did you like getting out of bed early? Some of you are so excited. Every other Sunday, you had to wait till 9.30. Now you get to get up and see us earlier. <laughs> We're so excited we get to do this three times today. We just can't wait. So excited. Thanks for being here this morning. Glad to spend this time with you today. We start a new series today entitled The Bottom Line. The Bottom Line. How many bottom line folks do we have here in the congregation or online this morning? How many of you are just like, just get to the bottom line. I don't need to hear all the fluff. Just tell me what you need to tell me. I was watching this uh, nutrition guy. I watched him a good bit, and uh, he would put videos up like this. It would say, the title would be, Three Foods You Need to Eat in 2023. So that sounded interesting to me. So I would start to watch the video. It'd be like 15 minutes long, and I thought, I can do that. Three foods you need to eat in 2023. The only problem was, about 12 minutes in, he still hadn't got to number one. I'm kind of like, I don't need to hear about the history of food. I just want to know what step one is. Here's the key with me. If you're going to do a video called Three Things to Eat in 2023, the first words I want to hear out of your mouth are, here's number one. <laughs> Go ahead and tell me now. Let's get to the point. I can be a, a to-the-point person. How many of you in your marriage deal with this? One of you is very to-the-point, and the other one wants to go on the journey. You understand? This is how it works at my house, and, uh, and I'm wrong. I'm just going to tell you from the start. I'm wrong, but uh, my wife will say, how'd your day go? And, I'm said, and I'll say, good. That's all you need to know. Nobody died. Nobody was harmed. We're still on board. I didn't get fired today. She wants to know the conversation, right? I'll talk to somebody on the phone. What'd they say? And I'll be like, uh, they're okay. They're fine. Well, no, she doesn't want to know everything's fine. She wants to walk on the journey with me and hear every nuance of the conversation. And that can be a problem in a relationship. Uh, you bottom line folks are going to like this series because life is complicated and sometimes we just need to get to the bottom line. We can make serving Jesus very complicated. I remember when I was growing up, I was around a lot of other church kids from a lot of different churches in town. And I remember uh, different churches were so different, and we'd compare notes sometimes. And one kid would say, well, at my church, they'll let you do this, and at your church, they won't let you. Just by the way, my church didn't let us do anything very much <laughs> compared to the other ones. 
You can get away with this at this church, or you can get away with that. Some churches, you know, serving the Lord's Supper, they did it every week. A guy talked about our church one time, and I think we did it once a quarter. And he's like, no, no, you can't be a Christian. You've got to do it every single week. And we do it every single month here. I guess we've hit the happy medium there. I had one uh, friend show up one day, and he had a cross on his head with ashes, you know, and I learned about Ash Wednesday. There were some churches in our town that met on Saturdays, and others said we should meet on Sundays. If we're not careful, we can make serving Jesus very complicated. We can have a list of rules that one church approves of and the other church doesn't. I like it when things are in the bottom line. I like it when things are simple. So if you're a bottom line type of person, you're really going to love this series. There's an Old Testament prophet named Micah. And Micah, in one of the most famous verses of his book, Micah 6 8, gives us the bottom line for serving the Lord in 2023. Three practices that we can place in our lives and begin to practice in 2023 that will help us serve the Lord in a powerful way. Let's read it together, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Would you read it with me this morning? Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what He requires of you. Here we go. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Let's read that verse one more time, because those are the three things. To do, next verse, there you go, part B. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You know, if you get those three things right in 2023, you're going to serve Jesus in a powerful way. Do what's right, walk humbly, love mercy. Amen? Do the right things. Three things we're going to talk about over the next three weeks. Number one, do the right thing. That's today. Number two, be kind to everyone. And number three, walk in humility. Can we do that in 2023? We're going to do the right thing. We're going to be kind to everybody. And we're going to walk in humility. Now, Micah is a very interesting character in the Old Testament. He is a small-town country boy who was called to become a prophet, and his book is written to the entire kingdom of Israel, the divided kingdom, and he is in his book calling them back to God. And what's so interesting about the Old Testament prophets is, by the world's definition, most of them were not successful because the huge majority of Old Testament prophets were not listened to. You have Hosea, you have Amos, and they were basically ignored. They, they lived their lives and proclaimed their message, and they were ignored. You have the great prophet Jeremiah, who's called the weeping prophet. He wasn't ignored by any means. He was just in prison. They locked him up. They didn't listen. Micah is one of the great exceptions in Old Testament prophets in that the people actually listened to Micah. How many would like to have been in his position? Finally, the message got through. Micah prophesied during the Old Testament reign of King Hezekiah. And because of his preaching and Hezekiah's leadership and love for God, disaster in the nation of Israel was pushed off for a century. Hear that. When the people turned to God, disaster was avoided and they lived in peace for another hundred years. That might be something we as a nation need to hear. Following the Lord will avert disaster in our communities and in our nation. But Micah was listened to and I'm excited about that. This verse is one of his most famous verses and today we're going to talk about doing the right 
thing. Now, my mom's dad, my grandfather, lived to be 91 years old. He was a great man. I loved him so much, and he's an example to me. He had lived through the Great Depression, so he didn't spend a penny that he didn't have to. Anybody ever known anybody like that? You didn't know Sam Proctor. Sam Proctor, my grandfather, broke toothpicks in half and used half at a time. He didn't waste anything. But he was a godly example along with our grandmother to me all his life. He would get us, we'd stay at his house, and every night before we went to bed, he would make us kneel down beside them at the couch, and we would pray together. They loved Jesus and, and eventually led our family to Jesus. He died in 2006. He was 91 years old. And right before he died, he left me a wonderful legacy that I treasure and I'll never forget. He looked at me, and he was falling into some confusion. He, was, he passed away just a couple days later, but he, he looked up at me, and he knew me, and he pointed his finger at me, and he just said two words. He said, do right. Do right. And I'm living the rest of my life for Jesus, obviously, and I want to serve him and love him. But when I get to heaven, I want to be able to tell Sam Proctor, I listened to you, and I did right. My papa's message to me is the message for today. Do right. Do the right thing, Micah says. Now, I love the word do in this passage. It's a word of action. It says we're called to actually do something. Too many followers of Christ and too many people in our world today are passive. They just hang back, right? They just wait on somebody else to do something. I hear people like this all the time. They say, well, I'm going to do the right thing when they do the right thing. I'm going to forgive when they say they're sorry. Do you know whenever you wait on somebody else to do the right thing, you give them control of your life. Whenever you refuse to do the right thing, you're surrendering the direction of your life and maybe even your destiny to another person's decision to do or not to do the right thing. I love the word do because it's action. It means let's do something. There are things you can do to change your life. There are things you can do to improve your situation. So I love the word do. There's something we're called to do. Now, understand we're not saved because of what we do. Can I get an amen? We're saved because of what Jesus did. You cannot do enough to earn your way into heaven. You'll never do that. We're saved because He died for us. And if you're here today, I don't want you to hear, do better. Because you can't do better without a relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot change your life by yourself. You come to Him with all your brokenness. You lay it before Him. You recognize what He did for you at the cross. And you invite Him to come into your life. So we're not saved because of what we do. We're saved because of what Jesus did. But what we do matters. James said, faith without works is dead. If you say you believe in something, your actions are going to line up with what you really, truly believe. So what we do matters. So I like that word, do. Then we come to that word, right. What does that word mean? What does it mean to do right or to do the right thing? In the Hebrew world, this was a term. In, in, in the King James, it said, uh, live justly. Or do what is just. It's a legal word that talks about justice. 
Now that word gets beaten around politically today all kinds of ways. You'll hear a lot of people use the word justice, and some of them I agree with, some of it I don't agree with. But in the Hebrew mind, to do right meant to take care of those who could not take care of themselves. To do the right thing as you live your lives. And you know, there are many, many people in our society who do not have the ability to take care of themselves And I truly believe with all my heart, it's the people of God that are called to help those people. Can I get an amen? It's the people of God who are called to help those people who cannot help themselves. I'm going to throw this out here for free. You can get mad or you can get happy. big part of the problem in our world today is we're trying to get government to do what God's people are called to do. And government cannot ever do what the church is called to do. Can I get an amen? You can never make it happen. When you force people to do it, it doesn't work. It's when their hearts are changed by Jesus that we go out into the world. So that's part of what doing right is. And I just want to tell you, that generosity that you are displaying in our community, in our world, is just catching. I'm hearing stories everywhere. I want to tell you a story. Uh, A person came into my office a couple weeks ago, and I won't say who they are. They don't want to be identified at all, and I love that. It's selfless. It's unconditional service. A person came into my office holding a check for several, several thousand dollars and said, Pastor, I want you to take this, and I want you to go to every public school in Henderson County and pay off cafeteria tabs. The things that parents have owed, I want you to go pay it off. So we're getting the fund this week to go around to schools and just say, what's your cafeteria bill? We're paying it off. And parents are going to hear that Jesus, we're not even telling them it's upward, it's Jesus has just taken care of your debt. That might preach. That might preach. That's what it is to do what's right. I thought of three things that are right. If you see someone in need, help them. I said, if you see someone in need, help them. You don't have time always to figure out if they're lying to you or not. When you set out to help people, you will be taken advantage of. Forget it. Just help people. Can I get an amen? I don't mean irresponsibly. I don't mean hand cash to an addict. I understand all that. But don't become judge and jury over people. When they need help, they need help. So if you see somebody in need, help them. If you're hurt by somebody, forgive them. I get in more trouble with that than anything I do. I've made more people mad in 30 years of ministry with that than anything else. When I say, your job in this situation is to forgive. How can I forgive them? Well, you can forgive them because Jesus forgave you. And when you forgive them, you're not erasing any consequences of their actions from their life. You're simply untying yourself from being bound to that offense. Can I get an amen? If you get hurt by somebody, forgive them. Last one's going to be real popular. If you owe somebody, pay them. Can I hear an amen from people that are owed money right now? Amen, please. I'll tell you, this world doesn't need just a bunch of angry Christians carrying on, holding signs, posting on social media, holding grudges, seeking revenge, getting ugly, getting bitter. This world needs Christians who are out there doing right. 
This world needs a people who are out there every day doing the right thing. There was a professor of philosophy in Southern California for about 50 years. His name was Dallas Willard. And Professor Willard is, has been, he's, he's gone to glory now, but he was one of the leading teachers of Christian formation in our world. If you've never uh, picked up any of Dallas Willard's books, it is so deep and so rich to read. His, he just taught about the Christian life and what it looked like to be a disciple of Jesus, what it really was to follow Jesus. And he taught philosophy for 50 years and just was a powerful man of God. Near the end of his life, he was at a conference speaking, and they had Q&A at the end. And a young lady asked him, she said, Professor Willard, if a person wants to grow spiritually, where should they start? And this was Dallas Willard's whole life teaching people how to grow up spiritually. So this was a question that he could hit a home run on. Do you understand? This was his whole life. If a person wants to grow spiritually, where should they start? And he paused for a minute and he thought about it and he said this, do the next right thing that you know you ought to do. I love that. It's so simple. It's so uncomplicated. It doesn't get in the murk and in the fog and in the mud. It's just simply this. To grow spiritually, don't worry about all the complexities. What's the very next right thing that you know you ought to do? I love that. I do a good bit of uh, leadership coaching outside of pastoral ministry. I coach some ministry leaders and meet with them. I coach some business leaders to help them process things and give them a safe place just to process the things they're struggling in. And the greatest leaders get stuck sometimes. The very greatest, the most brilliant leaders just get stuck because they're trying to figure out the right thing to do next. And it's not an easy thing to do sometimes. But I, I, I do this often, and, and I found out often what the problem is. They're thinking several steps ahead. How many of you know good leaders have the ability to do that? You don't just think about what's affected right now. You think about, okay, what's going to happen next, and then what's going to happen next, and then what's going to happen next. And the good thing about that is you grow as a strategic leader. The tough thing about that is, your decisions can get all muddy and foggy and murky with all the complications. And where I find a lot of leaders get stuck is here. They're thinking about the effects of step three. They know they need to take step one. Are you with me? They know the next thing to do, but they're really worried about what's going to happen in step three. And they don't totally have step three figured out yet. And what they do is they keep the fear of messing up in step three from them doing step one that they know is right. Can I get an amen? I know it's early. And as I work with business leaders and ministry leaders, I see this so often. They know the next step they need to take. And they need some encouragement to just do the next thing they ought to do. I ask this question all the time. They'll be stuck and they'll be in the fog and in the mud. And I'll say, tell me one good step you could take in the next two weeks to begin to move towards a solution to this problem. And you know, every time, I think I've got a 100% rate of answering this question well, every time they can think of one thing. Because here's what's happening. Here's what will happen. When you take step one, it will lead you to step two. 
I know. I know. You want God to give you all ten steps, don't you? There's a verse in the Bible that I really, I want to say dislike, but that would be, that would sound like heresy. But I don't like it. And here's the verse. It says this of Abraham. God called him from his home out to a future. And it says this, Abraham left not knowing where he was going. I don't like that. I don't love walking by faith. I'd rather walk by sight. I'd rather know what step two is. But here's the truth of it. Sometimes God will not let you see step two until you walk in faith and take step one. Some of you are so worried about step three, you're missing the one thing God's called you to do. When you obey Him fully, the next step will always open up. So I want to challenge you. I want to push you a little bit today. Do the next right thing you're called to do. Now you may say, Pastor, how do I know what is right? I'm going to give you three things and I'm going to close. How do I know what is right? There is a way, there are several ways to develop your decision-making ability so that you will know what's right faster. Number one, get in the Word. I said number one, get in the Word of God. Daily, make it a part of your life. Daily, soak in it. Now, we're in January. You've started your Bible reading plan. You're going to read through the Bible in a year. And boy, you're doing good right now. You're still in all those good stories in Genesis and Exodus. I mean, you're just reading about Abraham and Joseph. And then you get to read about the Exodus, and it's all exciting. Leviticus is coming. You're going to quit again. You'll be on feast number six. Trying to figure out what the ashes of the red heifer mean. See, some of you had not even got that far. I know what it's like to get bogged down. Can I tell you this? Make your Bible reading. If you're on that plan, you stick to it and you do it. But make your Bible reading this year. Don't make it a sprint. Soak in it a little bit. If you just take a psalm and read it and think about it for a little bit and speak it in your life, maybe write it on a card or put it in a note on your phone and let it be a part of your day, that will mean more to you than trying to sprint through the Bible. Just get in the Word. Get a verse. Some of you may need a verse a day in your life. But make the Bible a regular part of your daily routine. Put it in there. And what will start happening is your mind will begin to be renewed. And you'll begin to see what is right much faster than before. Get in the Word. Secondly, listen to the Spirit. Do you know this? When you got saved, when you came to Jesus, and if you haven't come to Him yet, I'm going to invite you to do that today before you leave. But when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and life, He does by the Holy Spirit. 
and the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, comes to live inside of your heart. And He's in there. And He has feelings and emotions. And He's moved in different directions. And if you learn to listen to Him on the inside of you, you will learn to walk in what's right and reject what is wrong. There's an invitation here today, and I believe the Lord is giving us this invitation to make doing the right thing less of a mental exercise and more of a spiritual experience. Some of you may be a little uncomfortable with that. Good. Get uncomfortable. Being stretched is uncomfortable, but it's powerful. Get uncomfortable. And stop with the pros and cons. Stop with the strategy. Stop with wondering what everybody's going to do. Stop worrying about outcomes and just decide, I'm going to do the right thing and leave the outcomes to Jesus. Learn to live by the voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Several years ago, I was invited to speak. It wasn't in this city, in another city, at a uh, citywide event, and several preachers were coming in, and and I was young in ministry. The church I pastored had about 25 people at the time. And I was looking for anything to get out there and get the word out and grow. And I was invited to go to this conference and speak. And they presented it as this very big thing that all the community was going to be involved in. And I really wanted to say yes. But I prayed about it. And something in my heart said, something is off. Any of you ever get that feeling something's off here? If you're a Christian, that very well and very likely is the Holy Spirit saying, whoa, hold off. Learn to listen. I couldn't get past something is off and I decided I'm not going to do it, so I just turned it down. You ever get the feeling when you're given an opportunity, joy rises up within you? kind of like Elizabeth, who was the mother of John the Baptist. She said to Mary, when I heard your voice, the babe leapt within me. You ever had a situation where your spirit just leapt with excitement about this is it? That's a good indication. Go! I turned that down, and just a few months after it happened, they turned in that they had taken money, they had misused the finances for that event, and it became a stain on everybody who was involved in it. And I said, thank you, Lord, that something inside of me said that was off, and I wasn't supposed to be in it. Had a young man on Thursday night, he came in, and we had service Thursday, and I walked out to the door and just happened to see him come in and held the door for him. I said, how you doing? He talked to me about a problem he was going through, and I said, let's just pray about it now. That's another thing in 2023. Just pray about stuff now. If somebody in this building before you leave today says, pray for me, don't just say yes. Say, right now, let's pray. You got time. I prayed for him. He said, you know what, Pastor? Today, this morning, I was riding down the road, and he said, I, was, I thought I was just daydreaming, but he said, I saw us praying together. And then it was fulfilled. That's the Holy Spirit. And He lives in every one of you that know Jesus Christ. This is not just something for preachers. He lives in you. And He wants to be that in your life. Listen to the Spirit. Last point, and I'm going to quit. I mean it. I have to mean it now. 
Get in the Word. Listen to the Spirit. Third point, ask the wise. One of my favorite Proverbs is this. Proverbs eleven fourteen. There is safety in having many advisors. When you're about to do something, humble yourself. Talk to people who've done it before. I'm about to save you a whole lot of money. Talk to somebody who's tried it. Listen to somebody who's been successful in what you want to be successful in. Pull their thinking and teaching into your lives. Let me tell you, I put these in order of authority. The Word first. The Spirit, your interpretation of what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life comes after the Word. But after that, another level of safety. Get around godly people who've done what you want to do. And listen. Here's the benefit. When you do the right thing, you can leave the results to God. You can look back and live and have no regrets. There's some things in my life, if I could go back, I would do differently. I was never perfect in my decision making. But I love to be able to look back and say, well, if I could do that over, I might do it differently. But I know I did what I thought was right. And there's peace. Do what's right. Leave the results to God. Now I'm sending out an army today. An army to go out all over Henderson County doing the right thing. I'm going to ask you to stand really quick. We will. And we're going to ask ourselves quickly three questions. We're going to practice listening to the Holy Spirit right here. Ready? We're in the laboratory now. We're going to practice it before you leave. I want you to hear from the Holy Spirit in your own heart right now. Those of you who know Jesus, I want you to bow your heads right now with me. And here's what we're going to ask. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. And you can trust the impressions He gives you right now. You ready? God, what are you calling me to do? Listen for his voice. What are you calling me to do? Second question, you ready? Lord, what conversation do I need to have in the next two weeks? Speak to us. Amen. Third and last question. God, what are you calling me to lay down at your feet? Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Had a young man email me Thursday night. He said, Pastor, I love the message. I hated the answers I got to those questions. Because God was calling him to do some things that were difficult and to have some difficult conversations and to lay down some stuff that was tough. I pray that you've heard from Jesus. One more thing. Bow your heads with me again. I'm sorry. I'm a little disjointed with your head bowing today. Who in this place would say, Pastor, today 
I'm saying yes to Jesus. I won't embarrass you, but I'd love to see your hand right now. Would you hold it up high right now? I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Anybody online, yes to Jesus, surrendering to him. Amen. Thank you for those hands. Thank you so much. God bless you. I want to pray right now. I want to pray with you right now. And I want you to pray with me online, in person. We're going to invite Jesus to be the Lord of our lives. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me. I trust you with my whole life. I lay down everything at your feet. I turn from my sin and I run to you. Forgive me. Change me. Live in me from this day forward. I'm yours. Amen. Amen. Can we thank God for what he said to us today and spoken to us and done in this place? Let me bless you now. I'm going to bless you right out of Psalm 91. We're going to be hearing this a lot over the next several weeks. But here's your blessing today. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Can I get an amen? In Him I will trust. He shall cover you with His feathers. And I'm not done yet. And under His wings you will take refuge. His truth will be your shield and buckler. Amen. That's true for you today. Amen. And it's going forward in your week this week. That's your blessing today. Go out of this place. I commission you. Make Jesus known. Do the right thing. Amen. Love y'all. See you next time. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.